Welcome to Kodesh Louisville. We invite you to personally discover the life-changing impact of the Word of God as you listen to this message by Reverend Harold Eddie He serves as a reverend in the United Denominations, originating of the Lighthouse Group of Churches, with over 3,000 branches worldwide. Reverend Harold currently pastors the Louisville Branch, a vibrant church located in the Kentucky area. We believe this message will give you the grace to strengthen your Christian life. Now listen to Reverend Harold.
worthy, Lord. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy, O God. The Lamb of God that takes away the sin of this one, He alone is worthy. Worthy are you, Lord. Worthy is. You are worthy, O God. You are worthy this morning, Lord. You are worthy. Worthy. You are worthy, O God. Myself, if only you will lift me up. Your problems are not much to me. It's worship. I'm seeking for men that will worship me in truth and in spirit. Just pour out yourself only for me. I am the only one that is worthy. I am the only God. I will share my glory with no man. So just focus on me. If you magnify me, your problems will be so insignificant. Just look to me. Father, we bless you. We are grateful. Who are we to deserve such mercy? Who are we to deserve such kindness? That you will leave your throne and come and pay such a great price. That we'll be adopted as sons, co heirs of the kingdom. We are so grateful.
thank you, Lord. He's here with us. He's here with us. He is here. Father, we honor you and we are so grateful to you for all things. For from you are all things and to you are all things. Only you alone deserves the glory. Hallelujah. I felt, you know, last night we had a, a great night. Amen. We had a great night for our Valentine's dinner. And God visited us greatly. Can I have an amen? I want to encourage us that, you see, it's just a blessing to see what God can do for our lives. Can I have an amen? Turn to a brother or sister by you. Just give them a smile. Just a smile. Don't say anything. Just a smile. Can I have an amen? Ask them, why are you not smiling? Ask them, is it that you are spiritual too? Are you too spiritual? Amen. Amen. So we had a wonderful time. And today I, I'm just in the flow of love. Amen. Loving the Lord. Amen. When I say love, you see, Bible says that to the pure, all things are pure. When I say love, some of you, your, your mind has gone to the basement. Where bad things happen. We are in church. Let's be a little spiritual. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Valentine's Day actually becomes World Day of Fornication. Many people indulge in sexual things that are not proper. Can I have an amen? Because the world, everything that God makes, the world takes it and the world abuses it. Can I have an amen? So, God is the maker of love. Bible says that for God is love. Can I have an amen? amen? But the world chooses love and then misuses it. Hallelujah. Amen. In actual fact, when somebody in the world says that I love you, all they are thinking about is that they want to sleep with you. If you're a single guy or a single lady, you are not married. When somebody looks at you and says, hello, baby, I love you, all they are trying to say, because that is the world's definition of love. Sometimes you tell somebody, you know what, I love you so much. But your definition of love is that you, because you took her to a Chinese restaurant, that's what you call love. Hallelujah. So today I just want to express to us what God's definition of love is, because the world has misused the word love. Can I have an amen? amen? And so we're going to be reading a lot of scriptures that is going to help us, first of all, to wake up and to know what truly love is. So that when we are telling somebody that I love you, then we have the meaning 
of real love and not that kind of love that the world gives to us. Then I have an amen. amen. We'll be reading a lot of scriptures. I want to start with the favorite scripture, John 3, 16. If you can put it up for us. John 3, 16. Hallelujah. What does it say? It says what? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but what? Have everlasting life. When God talks about love, he thinks about giving himself. Can I have an amen? amen. It's not about taking that person to a, a place to feed them. So you know, I mean, you say I don't love you, but does it not mean anything? I bought you a nice gift. I bought you roses. I bought you, you know, you know, everything that you've been asking, I'm giving to you. But is that what God, when you love somebody, you give yourself to that person? Can I have an amen? So when God so loved the world, he made provision that we would spend eternity with him. Can I have an amen? amen? When God so loved us, he did not take the church to a Chinese restaurant. Neither did he take the church to a place of becoming a millionaire. But when God loved us, he gave his only begotten son. Can I have an amen? amen? And therefore the church must come to the point where we understand. It says that what? And what? Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. A life that knows no end. It means that the love of God can cause us to have a life after this life. Amen. But when you say you love somebody, it is only to a point. Can I have an amen? amen. Are you still here? That is why when uh, people stand here and then they are exchanging their vows, they say that for better, for worse, till death do us part. It means that death is able to stop love. But the love of God is strong. The love of God is passionate. The love of God cannot be quenched. Amen. Hallelujah. So if we are truly following God and we are serving God, then the love that we have for God must be a love that cannot be quenched. Are you still here or you have gone home? Hallelujah. This is what God says love is. It is important that we understand it that way. If the church has that understanding, our relationship with God will be different. Our relationship with one another will be different. Our relationship everywhere that we go will be different. Because if you love somebody, you give your life for that person. Hallelujah. There are many husbands sitting here, they will not give up their life for their wife. Yeah. All of a sudden, the husbands have become quiet. If husbands are not giving their life, maybe beloved will give their life. You saw the play that they, once they saw the two lovebirds, they said, this one is new. What they were doing is, after you have been married for 10, 15 years, some husbands even forgot about Valentine's Day. That's what our sister was going through. Amen. But thank God for godly friends who came to the rescue. The marriage could have ended. Are you still here or you have gone home? So God loves us so greatly. 
And we must understand the basis of he coming to the world. He, the only reason why he sent his son is only because he loves us. It's not because of what we can do for him. But it's out of pure love. That is why you must love God. Hallelujah. I said we're going to be reading quite a number of scriptures today. Go with, Rome, to me, uh, with me to Romans chapter 8, starting from verse 28. Wow. Thank God for making a provision for you and I. Are you in Romans? Let's start from Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter number 8, starting from the verse 28. It says that what? For we know, oh, that all things, can you work with us? It's, it's not working, okay. Open in your Bible. So, Romans chapter 8, verse 25, it said that, And we know that all things work together for good to those who do what? Love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Verse 30. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, he also glorified. So he died for us. He paid the price that we may conform to the image of his son. That we may be like Christ. That we may also love like his son. That's why the, the people that he has predestined, when you are predestined, and he said that those that he has also called, he justifies. If God calls you, he justifies you. And if God justifies you, he also glorifies you. That is why if God has called you into his service, there is no way God will let you down. Because if he has called you, he will glorify you. Are you still here or you have gone home? Hallelujah. Look at verse 31. What then shall we say to these things? It means that what does these things mean? Now it says that if God is for us, who can be against us? What then can we say? If God has loved us and paid the price that we were conformed to the image of his son, and then he has called us, he has justified us, he has glorified us. All these things means that if God loves us and is for us, no man can be against us. Is that in your Bible? He said no man can be against us. Verse 32, he who, he said, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us, or how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Verse 33, he said, who shall bring a charge against God elect? Which means that who would accuse the one that God has called? If God has died for us, if God has paid the price for our lives, then no man should be able to bring judgment to you. That is why you have no business saying that, ah, this one too has become a pastor. He said, who can bring a charge against them that God has called? Which means that if God loves us, it doesn't matter what we have done. It doesn't matter the price, the, the things that we were supposed to do and we did not do. He has already paid that price. And no man 
can bring a charge against you. Let no man use your past to hinder you from moving forward. I may have had a, pa a past of smoking, drinking, fornicating, doing all sorts of things that the world classifies as wrong. But if God has called you, what does it mean to be called? As long as he paid the price and you have accepted him as your Lord and personal Savior, he has called you. And you will conform to the image of his son. Can I have an amen? amen? Because God is not a respecter of persons. God can use anybody. It doesn't matter your past. Because of the love that he has for us. Verse 34. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died. And furthermore is also risen. Who is even at the right hand side of God. And also maketh intercessions for us. He's at the right hand side of God. Intercession. He's constantly pleading on our behalf. Constantly talking to the Father. Because I love them. Look at the nail print in my hands. Look at my side. The blood that was shed for them. I still love them. Bible says that Satan is constantly standing before God and accusing the brethren. That you are not pure enough. You are not righteous enough. How can you put a song in this one's mouth? The Bible says that he's constantly interceding for us. He's constantly talking to the Father on our behalf. Are you still here? Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulations or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword as it is written? For your sake we are killed as uh, all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Look at the verse 37. It says that yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who has loved us. Through all these things, we are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors, not because of how we are or how strong we are. Through Christ who has loved us. That unconditional love. That love that made him go to the extent of giving his life for us. This is what love means. When God thinks about love thinks about giving his only begotten son. Are you still here? So what can separate us from the love of God? Verse 38 says what? For I am persuaded that neither death, hey, neither death, any relationship between a man and a woman, a husband, wife, family members, when death comes, that is the end of the relationship like I already said. But God's love cannot be taken away by death. His love reaches beyond death. Hallelujah. Neither death nor angels. You see, Bible tells us that the angels, they are envious of us. That's why I say, what is man that you are mindful of him? We have been made a little less than the angels. I mean, the, the angels cannot phantom. They cannot understand why God will make us in his own image. They cannot understand. We are more special than angels. 
Can I have an amen? amen? They cannot understand. They really cannot understand. But all this he did because of the love that he has for us. Do I still have you or still? No principalities, no powers, no things present, no things to come. Which means that demons cannot separate us from the love of God. Afflictions cannot separate us from the love of God. The love of God is unconditional. It is so strong. It's something that nothing, not, neither death, neither height, nor principalities, nothing can be able to separate us from the love of God. God loves us so much. He cares about our life. He wants things to work out well for us. God so loved us. And he gave his only son. Are you still here or you have gone home? Verse 38. No height, no death nor any other creatures or things that shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is what in Christ Jesus our Lord. One of the things that is important here, that it says that not things, not things in the past, nor things that are now, or things that are yet to come. It means that the love of God, the past cannot affect it. The present cannot affect it. The future cannot affect it. Death cannot affect it. Height cannot affect it. Your afflictions cannot affect it. The thing, the sickness that you have cannot affect it. God still loves us. He still loves us. He still loves us. This morning, he wants to tell us how much he loves us. That we can also love one another. Are you still here or you have gone home? Are you still here or you have gone home? Hallelujah, somebody. We bless the Lord. We want to continue. Let's take another scripture. First John chapter 4. I said today we are just going through the Bible, reading verses about the love of Jesus Christ. What can separate us from this love? This love which is unconditional. My brother, my sister, let no man make you feel that you are not worthy of his love. For we are all worthy. This morning, as his presence is here with us, you are worthy of it. You're worthy of the love of God. So just focus on him. As his word came to us, he said, I've heard your cry. Remember that anytime God says that I've heard your cry, he has a plan in place. When the Israelites were in Egypt and they were crying, and then he sent Moses, one of the things he said that Moses go to them and tell them that I have heard their cry which means that God already has a plan. I say God has a plan for your life. I say God has a plan for your life. That plan is made perfect in his love. Are you in 1 John? 1 John chapter 4, let's start from the verse 7. I hope you have your Bibles. You are not relying on what it is. 1 John chapter 4, from the verse number 7. Hallelujah. You are doing a little bit of Bible search here. And see what the Lord will minister to us. From verse 7. Look at this. He said, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God. And knoweth God. What does that mean? It is only someone who knows God who can love you. Because God is love. 
Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God. If you are born of God, if you have more of God, it is easy for you to love. Next verse, please. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. If you cannot love, if you don't have love one for another, that means that God is not in us. One of the ways that we know God is with us is we can love one another. If there is no love in the church, it means that God is not here. God is not here. You are not born of God. If you cannot love your spouse, regardless of what they have done, then you don't have God inside of you because God is love and it's only those who have God that can love. He that loveth not knoweth not God. For God is love. That's why the Bible says that we should not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. An unbeliever does not know God. It means they don't have love. They just have words. They don't have love. Do not marry an unbeliever. Single ones, do not marry an unbeliever. Do not marry an unbeliever. Because the fact that they do not know God, God is the manufacturer of love. If you know him, you have love. If you don't know him, you don't have love and you are not born of God. If you are not born of God, you are born of Satan. So you are marrying a Satan. Ah. Have I said something wrong? It's clear. If one is to two, then two is to four. Very clear. Oh, mathematicians, did I do well? Uh -huh. Next verse, please. In this was manifested the love of God towards us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. If somebody loves you, they do everything to make sure that you live and you do not die. If you have ever come to the point where you need another kidney or something to survive, you go to your own spouse, they will tell you that, you know what, what if the other one does not work? Then somebody rises up and you say that, you know what, I want to donate one of my kidneys. It is this person that loves you because that person is doing whatever they can to also spare your life. This is the definition of love oh, according to God. He sent his only begotten son that we might have life. What did we do to deserve that life? It's just because of love. It's just because of that unconditional love. Give us the next verse. The next verse, please. Hearing is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a, a propitiation for our sins. Next verse. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. All that he was saying, everything that he has been saying, that God loved us, he sent his son. If you are born of God, then you have love. The conclusion of everything that he has said is, beloved, if God loved us, 
then you must love one another. That means that we should be able to stand one another. I can't stand him. You better start standing him. Because you are doing the wrong thing. Hallelujah. Are you still here? Look, look at the person sitting by. Tell them, I can't stand you. Tell them, you can't do anything for me not to be able to stand you. Tell them, I can tolerate everything that you do to me. Tell them, you, if you like, try it. Hey. Are you still here? We ought to love one another. If your spouse is sitting by you, I mean, it's an advantage. Because the number one person who can easily offend you is your spouse. That's the when you marry, at the back of your mind, just know that you just purchased for yourself a personal offending machine. It's a personal offending machine. So they will step on your toes, they will step on your head, they will step, but all you have to say is that I'm born of God and I'm full of love. I still love you anyway. Can I have an amen? amen. Are you still here? What's the next verse? Quickly, we are reading. He said, no man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us and his love is perfected in us. So everything that he is saying, that, you know, we, 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 God loves us and all those, all he's saying that God loves us, and all, but we have not seen God. The only way we can demonstrate that we also love God is to love one another. So if we are not loving one another, then we should not be deceived. God is not here. I beg you, you are spoiling the church. If you come to church and somebody is sitting ahead of you, you don't talk to the person. And then because of that, even when they lift up their hands, then you are saying things in your head. You are spoiling the church. Because remember that the presence of God would depart. Because where there is darkness, light cannot... What has darkness got to do with light? We must love one another. As for love, we must love one another. When somebody slapped you and then you come to church, you sit and you turn the other cheek. That's what the Bible says. Say, hey, this pastor. I'm preaching the way when you finish, you can see my lawyers. Hallelujah. He said, if we love one another, that is the only way we know that Christ dwells amongst us. If not, then God is not here. There must be love at home. There must be love at work. There must be love in the church. And I'm not talking about love at the place how the world sees it. I take you to a Chinese restaurant, it means I love you. But you make sacrifices for the other person. Next verse. Hereby know we that we dwell in him. This is the only way that we know that we are in him. And he is in us. Because he has what? Given us of his spirit. It means that God has given a piece of himself to us. And if God is love and he has given a piece of his spirit unto us, it means that God has given us a dose of love. Remember, it's just a dose. You have to nurture it for it to grow. It's like the muscle. If you don't work on the muscle, the muscle will not become stronger and bigger. 
He has given us of his spirit. He has given us a dose of love. You can love. Don't say that because this guy broke my heart, I cannot love any other man again. You can love. You can love. Tell somebody you can love. Because you are offended at another place. You go to another place and every time somebody speaks, your antennas are going up. Begin to understand God has given you a part of him. He says that he has given us of his spirit and the spirit of God is love. Therefore, you can also love. You can love. I say you can love. I say you can love. Two people who once loved one another, when they come to the point that they are fighting, the point of divorce. It is Satan who has done this. That is why the church cannot allow this to come to our midst. The church cannot allow it. Take this from me. God has given you a part of himself. It means that no matter what, you can fix that marriage. You can fix it. To somebody here, you are deciding to get out of your marriage. This is the word of the Lord to you. You can fix that marriage. It is not of your strength. He has given his spirit to us. It is the spirit of God that is going to work it out. You just be patient and then exercise it. Can I have an amen? amen. Are you here? Or you have gone home? If you are here, say we are here. We are here. Next verse. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Next verse. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him and he in God. Next verse. And we have known and believed the love of God, uh, the, the love that God has for us. God is what? Love. And he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God is in him. He that dwelleth in love. Look at it well. He said what? He that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and then what? And God is with him. This is God. My body is God. My heart is me. So he that dwelleth in God, God also dwells in him. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. He that dwelleth in love, if I dwell in love, I am in God. It means that the heart is in the body. And if the heart is in the body, the body is also in the heart. Are you so yet? This is God's definition of love. That nothing can separate us. That he, he did all this for us. And then he said that if I have loved you, let us also love one another. Why can't we do that? Next verse. Herein is our love made perfect. That what? We may have what? Boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Boldness on the day of judgment. Everyone shall appear before the judgment throne of God. One of the things that you need is the boldness before God. And that can only come 
when you know you have loved as God loved us and sent his son. It's not fruitful, it's not helpful to sit here and not be talking to a mother and not be talking to a father. I understand when they gave birth to you, they didn't want anything to do with you. But this, these are high matters. This is your word. For you to have boldness on the day of judgment, you need to reconcile. Bible says that if you come to the altar of the Lord to bring an offering, and then you remember that someone has ought against you. It's not that I remember that I have something against you. When I remember that I was having a conversation with somebody and the person was not happy or I offended somebody, I need to leave my offering at the altar, go back and go and reconcile. Bible says that first, it means that before the offering comes, before our service comes, before anything that you do in the church comes, you must leave it at the altar. Go and go and reconcile. If not, whatever we do is non-scoring. That is why on the judgment day, there will be surprises. Lord, Lord, we did this in your name. We did this. Say, forget about it. I do not know you. Because we don't have that boldness. Hallelujah. You need the boldness of God. When we love one another, when we dwell in Christ and the love of God dwells in us, we have boldness. We can stand before him because God is love. We have a peace of God. When he shows up, something inside of us will click. And I'm standing in the right place. Next verse. Lord help us. There is no fear in love. But perfect love cast out fear. Because fear has what? Torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. If as you are sitting here, you are afraid that when you die, you are going to hell. You better realign yourself. Receive the love of God and also begin to love. One of the sure sins I know that gives you automatic entry to hell is unforgiveness. Because it says that forgive others so that your father can also forgive you. It means that if I cannot forgive others, I cannot receive the forgiveness of God. And it is those who have not received the forgiveness of God who end up in the pit of hell. It's automatic. It's straight. May the Lord help us. May the Lord help our hearts to heal. It doesn't matter what your wife has done. It doesn't matter what you have done. You should be able to look into the eyes and say, hello, baby. I love you anyway. Yeah. Beginning, you may not mean it. But it will, it will soon. Yeah. There are certain things when you say it's not from the heart. It's from the head. Mina Kenk. Yeah. But as you go and then gradually the Lord will help you and the thing will drop to, 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 and it gets in the heart. Then, you know, because it's the same thing as when you're eating a food. Like the food looks delicious. When you take the first bite, the thing that you saw, the picture, your mind agrees that the food is nice. Until you begin to actually understand the food and then feel it properly. They say, oh, yeah, the salt is just right. Then you begin to separate the things. But that's when the thing has actually entered your heart. And you can confirm that truly the thing is good. 
That's when you can argue it. You can really argue it that, you know, why are you saying that there was too much salt? I mean, it was perfect. That's when you can argue. When something enters your heart, if the love of God enters our heart, it is, it is possible for you to forgive, no matter what they have done. Can I have an amen? Are you still here? It's just as if I tell you that I'm a pilot. I said I'm a pilot. I said I am. But I'm nowhere near a pilot. But the thing is not here. It has not gone down here. Are you still here? Give us the next verse. Let's run quickly through the word. We love him because he first loved us. Wow. Wow. Husbands, love your wife. You see where this thing is going? Send it there. Yeah, push me there. We are going. We love him because what? He first loved us. If you first love your spouse, it is easy for your spouse to love you. Hallelujah. Learn this. Let's learn this. Love your spouse. Unconditional love. That's what we call agape love. There are three types of love. We have the agape love. That is the unconditional love. We have the filial love. The filial love is brotherly love. I love you, Brother Sam. I love you because you are my brother. That's it. That's the type of love. And we have the eros love. That one is happens in the basement. Between husband and wife. That's that one. So these are the three types of love. But every Christian, if you are married, you must be able to walk in agape love, you must be able to walk in filial love, and you must be able to walk in eros love. But some husbands, they are expert in eros and brotherly love. They only make friendship with you because they are getting there and they leave the agape love. That's when if your wife offends you, still, you still love them anyway. No matter what they do, you told them to make some food for you. And as they were doing, they slept. An alarm went off. Their house almost got burnt out. You get up, you say, baby, I still love you anyway. <laughs> next, next time, don't just attempt. Just burn the house. I still love you anyway. That's unconditional love. You don't love somebody because of what they have done, or you don't stop loving somebody because of what they have done. But the thing is there. That's why I said that we love God because he loved us first. Love is already present. So you should not love anybody because of what they do for you. You are missing it. Wherever you work, you should not love the, the work because, or do the work with your strength because of the paycheck you get, the paycheck that you get. You should not. If not, you would easily burn out. Many people have burnt But as for this work, we will never get burnt out. As for the work of God, every day he renews our strength. If only we wait upon him. This is the only sure work that you know that you never get burnt out. Hallelujah. That is why we must all do that type of work. Quickly, two more verses, and then we'll read maybe one or two more. If a man says, I love God, and hates his brother. He is what? How many liars are in the church of God? Oh, the pastor has raised his hand. So. Hey! Do you remember a 
earlier it says that God whom you have not seen, how can you say that you love him? That means you are a liar because you have not seen God. He said that all things I did for you, you did not even see it. When they were crucifying him, were you there? You were not there. But all these things he did for us so that we would what? Obtain part of his love and his spirit will be well with us. After I have done all these things for you, you also learn to love. Then if you also want to learn, why is it that you are ignoring the person that you are seeing? And then you say that you love God. You are a liar because you have not seen me. I mean, that's why prayer is an act of faith. Now you get up in the morning. He doesn't say anything but to you. Then you go. Then you come back the following morning. Then you look. He doesn't say anything to you. It only takes love and faith for you to come back the following day. Because when you go through the drive-thru and then you get a number six, by the time you get to the end, you know exactly what the number six needs to look like. That's why when you go and they gave you number seven, you drive around and you come back and you demand that they give you number six. And because they already gave you number seven, the two become the bonus. Then you take it away. <laughs> you insist because you know that. Are you still here? You are a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? Nobody has seen God before. The way that God can know that we love him, can know is that if we love one another, that is the only way. That is the only way. If there is strong love in this church, you will see a supernatural presence of God. In our worship, he will be here. In our offering, he will be here. In our tithing, he will be here. Whatever we do, he will be here. Because he is love. When love is present at a place, it's God. Because God is love. He cannot dissociate himself from love. That's why a healthy marriage, marriage where you see that, you know, husband and wife, they love each other, they love the children. You, you can tell that there is something special about that home. It's because God dwells there. If in your home there is always fighting, ask God to come back. Because you've driven him away. And if only you tell him to come back, love will follow. Because God himself, he is love. Are you still here or you have gone home? Let's read one more verse and then we'll move on. I'm just, I think, alright, let's, let's just move on. I think it's okay. Let's read another scripture. So are you here or you have gone home? Let me see. Wow. I'm being blessed myself. Hmm. Jehovah is faithful. Wow. Okay, go to Luke chapter 6, verse 27. Let's do Matthew chapter 5, from verse 43 to 48. Matthew 5, 43 to 48. Matthew 5, 43 to 48. Ye have heard that it has been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. How many of us have heard that thing before? An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. If you step on my toe, I will step on your toe. Hey! 
That one, as you are sitting here, you are in chair, we are talking about love, but you are thinking about how you are going to show, going to show them where power lies. Yeah, show them where power lies. Hey! Next verse, quickly. But I say unto you, love your enemies. It's a very hard thing to do. But this is it. If God says love, he's talking about you loving your enemy. That's why we started by saying that the world has taken this whole love thing and they are using it to their own advantage. He said that, but I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which would despitefully use you and persecute you. And none of these things is easy to do. But if you have God, he is love. And so it will not be your effort. Next verse. Quickly. That ye may be the children of your father which is in heaven. Which means that if we can pray for our enemies, we can, you know, people would despitefully use us. If we can, you know, give them everything, bless those who are cursing us and all that. This is what makes us truly the children of God. Say, we are all children of God. We have been born of God. Sin. Say, what? As many as received him and those who believe, he gave them power to become sons of God. It's not everybody sitting here who is a son of God. Who have been created in his image. But if you believe and you receive, he gives you power to become. John 1.12. He gives you power to become. You need power to become. And this is what the Bible is saying. That we may be the children of God, which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to shine, to rise on the evil and on the good. If you were God, hey, your enemies will never get rain. Or you the sun extremely hot as, as your enemy is going, then the heat. The Bible is saying that as for God, he keeps no record of wrong. What he does is that he makes the sun rise on the evil. He makes the sun rise on the good. He sends his rain on the just and unjust. God is not partial. God is not an impartial God. He loves us all the same, whether good or bad. Wow. God it really loves us. Uh, let's see verse, the next verse. For if you love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans do the same thing? So do not the, even the unbelievers, they do the same thing. You know? I mean this because at the end of the day, when prophet comes, we are going to share it. That's why we are in the thing. But if you know that you're going to have a big loss, a lot of people will withdraw. That is it. Next verse, quickly. Let's finish up. And if you salute your brethren only, this one, this is our number, pick up. There should not be any cultural segregation in the church. I ban every vernacular in the church. You cannot speak your own language here. You speak it outside. But sometimes people feel very unwelcome. We know you like your language. But this is why we are an international church. Yeah. 
It's a good place to put your hands together for the Lord. That's what the Bible is saying. It means that we don't have the love of God. It means we don't have, if only we are going to salute our own. Immediately after the church, the Ghanaians go and talk to the Ghanaians. The Nigerians go to talk to Nigerians. The Congolese go to talk to Congolese. What type of a church is this? God is not here. But today we are casting that out. I say it's a demon. We are casting them out. What do ye more than others? It's like, what are you doing differently from the people that are in the world? What are we doing differently? If we are the body of Christ, then our hands must go. We must bear each other's burden. If you are the body of Christ, we must love. You hear somebody is sick, don't keep it to yourself. Share so that people can go to their aid. Yeah, this is the body of Christ. This is the body of Christ. The final one. We're going to read one more scripture and we go home. Verse 40. Be ye therefore perfect. All this that he has been saying. Say, be ye therefore perfect. What? As your Father which is in heaven is perfect. But the Bible also has said that no man is perfect. So what is the Bible contradicting itself? No. If you have received God and God is in you, and you are in him. Charlie, becoming perfect is not, it's not, it should not be stressful. You don't have to sweat. That's why we acquire the righteousness of God. Are you still here? Let's read Luke. There's plenty. Do you want to list them down and go and finish at home? You want to list, take your pen, let me give you verses. Then we'll end the church service. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 6, 27 to 36. Let's read Mark chapter 12, 30 to 34. Put that one up for us. Then Luke talks about something similar as you have said. Yeah. Mark chapter 12, 30. He said, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy what? Soul and with all thy mind. And with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. The next one. And the second is like, namely, this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. There are only two commandments that are important. See, when you are going to take an exam, and then when you go, they say, Question one is compulsory and choose any other two. And you go to the exams room and you, as soon as you got there, you saw that from two to five, it's all your, that, I mean, that's, that's the thing you can answer. And you just answer the thing and you ignore question number one. You'll be surprised even though you answer three questions, you'll not pass. Because question one alone is 50 points. Which means that the rest, the three that you have answered, even if you get all the marks, you have still failed. This is the marking scheme. This is the marking scheme. That you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, everything that you have. Love the Lord with your feelings. Man is a spirit, you have a soul, you live in the body. Love the Lord with your feelings. You have no feelings. In Tina, when worship is going on, you are chewing gum. 
When worship is going on, you are chewing down. When worship is going on, you are talking. When prayer is going on, you are talking. You don't have any love for God and no respect for God. But this is the marking scheme. This is the marking scheme. You love the Lord with all your heart, your soul, your mind, everything that is within you. And you will love your neighbor as yourself. If we can pass these two, we will make it. May the Lord help us. I say, may the Lord help us. May the Lord help us. Go to the next verse. I want to show you something and we will end. And the scribe said unto him, Well, master, thou hast said the truth. Jesus Christ has just spoken. You know, Bible is to be read. Jesus just spoke. Then one of the scribes just said that, oh, what you have said is true. Don't you think that Jesus Christ knows what he is saying is true? But go on and say, he said, for there is one God and there is none other but he. Next verse. I'm about to show you something quickly. And to, to love him with all thy heart and with all thy understanding and with all thy soul and with all thy strength and to love his neighbor as himself is more than all whole burnt offering and sacrifice. It means that if only we can do these two things, it doesn't matter your burnt offering, your money, your offering and all those. If only we can do this thing, we will pass the test. Then look at Jesus Christ's response. Next one. This, the response was that, and when Jesus saw that he answered discreetly, he said unto him, look at this, thou art not far from the kingdom of God. When the guy said that, now I see that loving the Lord with all your heart, my might, my soul and everything, and then loving my neighbor as myself is the most important thing. And he said that now you are closer to the kingdom of God. Which means that if we get this, we are closer to the kingdom of God. If we get this, we are in the kingdom of God. If we get this, God will dwell with us richly. If we get this, that's what Jesus Christ is saying. That's what Jesus Christ is saying. That you are not far from the kingdom of God. And no man after the dust ask him any questions. So, all the people that were there, they saw that, ah, Asomwa, the main question was the number one. And so now, no other questions are, once you have answered that question, all questions are answered. So they kept quiet. It's not like, oh, but we answered three, four, and five, and then there was a bonus. All that did not count. Number one, that is why I said you are not far from the kingdom. May the Lord add his grace to his holy word. There are many more things we can talk about, many, many verses about love. But if God said love, it is not the definition of the world. You pour yourself, you love God with all your strength. When you keep on going, the very final portion, that was when, you know, in John chapter 8, when you read from John chapter 8, verse 1 to 12 down, when the disciples were gathered with Jesus Christ and the woman with the alabaster box came, and then when she came and she broke the oil and began to wipe Jesus Christ's feet, prepare him. And then Judah said that, what a waste. He said, this he said because he was a thief. Do you know why that thing came up? Because that woman gave her all and her best. That's why you will love the Lord with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, 
you understand everything that is in it. Don't love your spouse more than God. You have missed it. Don't love your beloved more than God. You have missed it. Don't love your children more than God. You have missed it. This is the marking stone. Shall we rise up? Just close your eyes and begin to talk to the Lord. Tell him to help us to be able to love him. Hold me close. Let your love surround me. Bring me near. Bring me near. Oh, draw me to your side. Draw me to your side. And I, and I. said you will take away our stony heart and give us a heart of the flesh. 
Take away the stony heart. This hard heart that has no feelings, Lord, when it comes to worshiping you. But help us. Help us, Lord. We bless your name, Lord, by the power of your name. Every eye is closed. Every eye is closed. If you are here, you don't know Jesus. You have not tasted of this love before. You want to say, Pastor, pray with me. I'm living in sin. If I should die right now, I don't know where I'm going. But Pastor, I want you to pray with me. Pray with me that I'll give my life to Jesus and accept this love. If you're such a one, I want you to lift your right hand above your head. I want you to lift your right hand above your head. You need Jesus in your life. This is not a joke. Everything that we talked about is not going to benefit you. You need Jesus in your life. Lift that right hand. Lift that right hand above your head. Lift that right hand above your head. Lift that right hand. You need Jesus in your life. You need Jesus in your life. You need Jesus in your life. Thank you, Lord. I want you to pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus. Say, Lord Jesus. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for showing me what love truly means. Thank you for paying the ultimate price for me. I invite you into my heart to be my Lord and my Savior. From today, I belong to you and you are also mine. Please write my name in the book of life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord. If you have your tithe and your offering, bring it. As we invite our sister. We believe the word of God has actually come down to you and you have been blessed. Come join our services at 4200 Bellrad Drive in Louisville, Kentucky. This and every Sunday at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m.